0: Sports Station 104.3 of presents Stokely and Zach.
1: There was a little detail from yesterday's conversation with Sean Payton from the NFL Combine that got a little bit lost, and I think it's a sign of the changing of the times in Denver. And it was not something that you or I would have picked up on. You had to have been there. Okay. Any idea what I'm talking about? (sighs) Not holding you accountable? Yeah, no. Because this is a little thing that could be a big thing, depending on how you look at it. me. Sean Payton showed up nine minutes early for his press conference. Oh, what? Really? I didn't quite realize that Andrew Mason and some media members down there this past year had a phrase. Hackett time. Oh. Hackett time. Now, we joked around about it during the season because we were like, oh, how late's you know, Nathaniel Hackett? We didn't even pick up on it for like the first month, and we heard other people start to, like, I think it was James, the first person I heard, is like, hey, nothing for nothing, but Mike Shanahan, when he said there was a presser at 1 o'clock, the presser started at 1 o'clock. Not one twenty, not one seventeen, and Hackett was routinely that late, and it began to kind of... Great on us as the losses kept piling up.
2: Uh, we would say, "What time is that twelve fifteen
1: press conference going to start?" Right. Yep. And we we take we literally yeah. we're betting coffees on how late Hackett was going to be. Yep. Now, does that get brought up if you're a winning football team? Probably no. not. No. Probably not.
2: But um, when you're unorganized and you're losing and you're most penalized,
1: yep. it does. Yep. When you're unorganized on the football field. And then you're unorganized off the football field. You can draw a correlation. And I believe it was fair to do that. How does that happen, How how, how does it happen? Like over and over. And, again, it wasn't just a half a dozen times. This was every single time. And Sean Payton's first press conference, outside of the intro, he showed up a little bit early. And I know that stuck out to Andrew Mason, who wrote about it at denversports.com. Mace you could say it's a little thing, but I know you took a, a little bit something more away from the timing in which Sean Payton started as presser yesterday.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's in light of what we experienced last year uh, with Nathaniel Hackett, where everything, and not just press conference, but even stuff like behind the scenes, scenes, always used to be just kind of running behind and having kind of a very fluid sense of time, whereas Sean Payton, he's... Getting there early—it uh, sort of you know harkens uh, back to. Um, I, I wrote about Vince Lombardi, but also uh, Tom Coughlin, who like Sean Payton is a Bill Parcells protege. Remember Tom Coughlin famous, famously was about saying, "Hey, if you're if you're five minutes earlier on time, it's it's a, it's a different it's a different mentality." And I thought and I thought it said a lot about Sean Payton that he. Got there early, wanted to get started, and frankly, I think a lot of us in the media we gotten so used to things being on hack at time, perpetually ten to fifteen minutes behind that we, we were kind of off guard. It was just that, and then just general presence, and even like at one point telling the NFL attendant that you know, the PR person that was say would step in and say two more questions, and Payne's like, no, 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 we're gonna we're gonna keep going, and he answered six more questions instead. Just very much somebody that has firm command and control of things in a way that I don't think Nathaniel Hackett did.
2: Mace, what was your uh, big takeaway from listening to Sean Payton, asking him questions? What was your biggest takeaway from that press conference yesterday?
0: I mean, a lot of stuff was kind of confirming what we suspected and knew. Like, we we had a good idea that Vic Fangio was Sean Payton's first choice for defensive coordinator. It turned out he was. He basically admitted to that and admitted to pursuing uh, Fangio. Kind of, he... um. I thought one of the interesting things that came out was uh, they still want Matt Patricia and Matt, to have him be in some role, even though Patricia's not the defensive coordinator. So it's you know, it, on one hand, it sort of begs the thought: okay, why you know why if you really want Matt Patricia, why did you not hire Matt Patricia as a defensive coordinator? But at the same time, uh, maybe just sees a different type of role for him if he's on the staff. But Payne and Patricia are going to meet, meet here in Indianapolis but I don't, but nothing is going to happen. I think, I think without uh, Peyton talking with Sean Payton, the other defensive coaches. And I think if they're not on board with it, I don't think you'll see Patricia on the staff.
1: Andrew Mason is live from the NFL combine. He joins us on the Johnson auto plaza hotline. May says you talk to people around the league. What's the general vibe or word on the Denver Broncos?
2: Well,
0: general vibe is it's what we know it's, okay, it, it's all about fixing Russell Wilson. Sean Payton is probably the best chance that you're going to have to try to fix him just given his background, at, at not only at quarterback, not only because of what he did with Drew Brees, but you see, you know, Teddy Bridgewater steps in for the Saints in place of Brees in 2019 and plays well enough to get a starting job the next year. Jameis Winston steps in for a, uh, to replace breeze after he retires in 2021 and is playing really well until he gets hurt. It looks like he's resurrected his career. You know, it's not just about Sean or Sean Payton, Drew Brees. It's Sean Payton and what he's done with other quarterbacks as well, and that's part of why there's a general sense that, okay, if Ru- if Russell Wilson has something left in him, if this is, if last year was just a, a dip and, and not a climb and Sean Payton is going to be the one that kind of make that makes that happen. But one other thing also kind of on the situation that Payton steps into is this, it's, you know, the Broncos roster is not regarded as the most talented in the NFL. And I think sometimes we in Denver tend to overestimate or underestimate the talent level of the team in our backyard. I think maybe, There are some Broncos fans who probably overestimate the overall talent level of this team, and the general sense is that it's you know there there's some work that needs to be done to get this roster to a level where it really can compete with the Godzillas in the AFC.
2: Mace, last one for me. You're talking about this roster and overrated, underrated. Looking at some of these free agents, I know George Payton also spoke. Um, what is your sense on some of these guys when you look at uh, Dalton Reisner, uh, Draymond Jones, and maybe a, a Alex Singleton heading into free agency? What's your sense there on those guys returning?
0: I mean, I'd say, first of all, they'd love to have Singleton back. That was a sentiment that George Payton expressed yesterday, and I think uh, Alex Singleton would, lo- would very much like to come back as well. I mean, Draymond Jones. It's kind of interesting. I mean, it's, they 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 want him, but it's very it very much seems to be they want him at a certain price point, and they're not necessarily willing to go past that. Dalton Reisner, I think that ship is is sailing away. George Payton talked about upgrading the offensive line. That's an area that needs to be fixed. I think, based on you know what I've gathered and what we all with the indications we all get it's not just going to be in free agency. It's going to be in the draft running backs also on their radar, but I think there's some, there's some degree of figuring out, okay, to what degree is running back on the radar? Do they go for free agency and try to spend there or do they look at the draft? Because while it's a very good free agent running back class, this is, it's also an excellent draft class at running back. And as Sean Payton demonstrated with Alvin Kamara, you get the right running back in round three, then you could have an, a plus player right away with a third-round pick, whereas offensive line, if you pick in the third round, it's much more scattershot, much harder to find somebody who can really move the needle in the way that you want you want him to right away. So I think all these things are coming into play, and I think, I think some of it's going to come into play as they uh, – watch the workouts here over the next few days and uh, talk to players over the next few days, starting off with the um, front seven on defense, working out on Thursday, and then on by Saturday we'll be getting into the offensive players. We're going to be paying close attention to those guys. Uh,
1: real, really, really great stuff, Mace. Uh, appreciate you checking in with us on the Johnson Auto Plaza hotline, live from the NFL Combine. We'll look for your work at denversports.com. Thanks, Mace. Thanks, fellas. Have a good one. All right, there he goes, Andrew Mason, boots on the ground. Um, I got another song suggestion. Okay. Uh, Charlie Adams. Receiver. Charlie, former Bronco,
2: Charlie Adams. Yeah, I met him. Yes. Yeah, a couple times. Yeah. um, Gave me a suggestion, so. Okay. I'm going to throw that one out there for you.
1: Uh, Real quick, uh, you said you found some dirt on our producer, Kevin Kistner, a.k.a. Chicken Fingers.
2: Yeah, well, because I I got a a burger today, and it's a good one, like with pastrami, patties, and last time I cut it in half because I don't want to eat the whole thing. I'm, I'm trying to... Lose a little bit, right? Oh. Yeah, oh. And so I gave him half or whatever and, and so I ordered it today again so I was do the same thing. Like, you know, chicken finger, you want half of my, my burgers, that same one. Did you like it? He was like, Well, what had happened was I left it out there and I'd like only eaten like half of the half, right? And I went back to eat it and it was gone and the wrapper was in the, the, the trash. What? Yeah. So he says, so he is saying that someone like ate half of his burger that he just had sitting right outside the studio. I, I I think it was like you driving this morning, like you just blacked out. Like he, you know, like bigger people sometimes when they're eating food, they just don't oh even know God. what they're eating, right? <laughs>
1: That's so not right. You know, so you don't yes. even, you're just like, <laughs> eat greedy, right? <laughs> it's like a random fetching. <laughs> it's just like, no. oh, oh and then you gosh. walk back in, you walk out, it's like.
2: Oh my gosh! I just ate all of that, <laughs> and so and, and then you want to deny it to make yourself feel better. I like, no, nah, I didn't eat that. Like, hey, like Drew, someone ate uh, my burger. Oh my I know gosh. that's what happened. He's trying to like deflect it. Like someone <gasps> ate. Who would eat?
1: Zach, who would eat someone's burger that's sitting there that's already been taken bites out of? I, I I would. That's disgusting. I would say no one, but um, actually, if you remember, holy moly, I forgot about this. I was at the ABS game last year. And I gave my half of my burger to oh, yeah. uh, um, uh, someone who had just, like, gotten screwed. I forget what they were going through. Like, they were supposed to get a burger and, from their friend in line, and the lines were so long during the Stanley right. Cup playoffs. And I was overhearing it, and I was halfway done with mine. And I offered it to him, thinking that he's going to, like, politely decline. Yeah, but play, you could it if you wanted, No, it was you wanted it. No, it was just eaten. Like, uh, I, I handed oh. him my half-eaten burger, oh. and he took it, and he was, like, thrilled. He was like, are you Thrill serious? with it. I'm like, yeah, no, take it. And he's like, Not a d- that, that guy's like, damn, how'd I get this? <laughs> <laughs> Eating after Zach, brother. Got him. What is wrong with this guy? I would say no one would do that, but around here, right. someone had gone into, I brought sushi, and they took out like a la carte yeah, pieces but that's of sushi. sushi. That's someone that's took sushi. half of my sandwich and left the other half in there before. Right. No joke. Left yes. it overnight. They took out half of my sandwich, but almost as like a courtesy back to me didn't take the whole thing. Right. Um, so it can happen, like, and we've also had people like cut their fingernails and leave their fingernails in here. There's yeah. there's, there's some strange birds around here. That, that's true. That
2: that yep. Okay, okay. All right. Just But eating someone's burger that's already like.
1: He said, like, "Kiss, are blacked out and ate it. They're so, so you're so bad." Yeah, like, wait, wait, what? what happened to my burger? It's like, you ate it, Kiss. You ate it. You know you ate it. It was like reminding someone what they did the night before. It was like, whatever happened to that burger, bro? You ate it. Yes, it was three o'clock in the morning. Remember? Exactly. You had it all over your face. It's still there, right? All right. How much production? In a hard pivot here. How much production should we be expecting? from the tight end position in Sean Payton's offense. We looked at the career history, and we'll tell you what it says next.
0: I feel the master. I feel the You're listening to Stokely and Zach on Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. We ready. We ready. We ready. We ready.
2: See they used to play this, I think at the beginning unit, um and,
1: and Charlie Adams bring back this. This is this is a good tone setter here. It is, right? And it's that initial chorus. Right, yeah, it's like yes. this doesn't do anything Wee- for me. Right, but the but the we right. Wee- you could do that on repeat. Yes, yeah, just blend it together. Yes, I like it. All right, how much production should we be expecting from the tight end position in Sean Payton's offense? So, uh, chicken fingers. Uh, one of our producers, shared the Fan. He he dug through the history of it. Uh, hopefully your math is right here, Kisner.
2: A.K.A. Hamburglar. me <laughs> that burger. Oh, my gosh. You're so bad. Dude. What happened to that burger? <laughs> Who ate my burger? <laughs> so did you eat
1: the burger? No. You ate the damn burger, Kisner. You ate <laughs> it all. Um. So while Sean Payton was with New Orleans, all right, and he was there for a long time, His tight ends, his leading tight ends, okay, his leading tight end averaged 51 receptions, 600 yards, and five touchdowns per season. I think everyone in Broncos country would sign up for that, right? Let me give you the numbers again. Fifty-one receptions. This is the average of uh, the leading tight end in a Sean Payton-led offense. Okay. Fifty-one catches, six hundred yards, five touchdowns. Okay. <sighs> if Greg Dulcich did that this year, we would say what? We'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah, for yeah. context, yeah. Dulcich just past year. Uh thirty-three catches, four hundred yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, and he didn't he
2: didn't play a lot. He was banged up, injured, didn't start the season healthy, didn't finish the season healthy. So if you give me those numbers, five touchdowns and six hundred yards, fifty catches, I mean I say he's healthy for most of the season and man, that was a big step forward in his second year. You would take that right now in a heartbeat.
1: Yeah, I I think so too. And the fact that Dulcich did begin the season on IR, did finish the season on IR, and he's still your leading tight end producer, says a lot about the rest of the room. I mean, I mean, who else do we have, Zach? It was Look. Eric Saubert. It was Albert Okwebunan. Tomlinson. Eric Tomlinson. Andrew Beck. Who's like tight end slash fullback. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had no
2: one else. There is a lack of talent at our tight end group. In our tight end group, it needs to be addressed. Screaming that last year, it's not Alberto, people. I don't care what Jerry says, Jerry. I want to see out it ain't Alberto. Jerry
1: Rossberg saying,
2: "Yeah, yep, okay." So he's just not that guy. And uh, I'm, I'm, I have hope for Greg Dolchitz, but how Do much you, hope? A ton of hope. I mean, like hope. I don't. I mean, optimism. Yeah, I'm optimistic that he can be a good tight end. He showed that. Can he be special? At you know, no. I mean, I don't want to say no. Probably not special, but he could be a really good tight end. Yeah, let's see what he looks like this year. I mean, you got to do it consistently, and you got to do it uh, week in and week out, and you got to stay healthy. Can he stay healthy, or is he going to be an injury prone type of guy? Now,
1: that's that. That's I think right now, and he's not a perfect player, but I think that's the biggest question about Greg Dulcich. Not what he can and can't do on the football field. Is can he be out there Sunday after Sunday? Six big plays for Greg Dulcich. Big plays being defined as 20 yards receiving or more. Six big plays in 10 games. It's a lot. It is a lot, especially for a rookie. And we've gone through it in the past. And, you know, we initially did all the homework because Noah Fant and him taking in the first round. And, you know, the expectations for a rookie tight end should just be as low as they can possibly get without being disrespectful. Some of the greatest players in the history of that position have started slow. Shannon Sharp, uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, George Kittle, um, I mean, we, you have to go back to the sixties to find a thousand yard rookie tight end. And that was Mike Dicka up until who broke it up until, um, thousand yard rookie tight end yeah, here in yeah. the last couple years. Yeah.
2: I, I would, I would go with the kid from the Falcons that played at Florida. I can't, I can't remember his dang name though. Um, that's the Pitts. Uh, yeah. Pitts, Kyle, 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 Kyle Pitts. Pitts. Yeah. Was that him? It's him. Okay. Yep. Uh, Okay, That's the pit. <laughs> Look at you. Uh, so that I mean, but seriously, George Payton has got to address. You can't just hodgepodge this thing together. That's what they did. Like, let's get Eric Tomlinson. He's going to be a blocking tight end, right? Right. And then you had, you know, you drafted um, uh, Dolchett, mm-hmm. and you, you, you're like, okay, well, this guy can help us out this year. But the plan was Alberto, right? The it plan was, was Alberto, right? Was. That and, and that wasn't a good plan, obviously. The guy played in the first uh, two games, and then was, uh, you know, squishy pants. Until Rosberg came around and was like, I want to take a look at this guy. Right, He's not the plan. So, And we don't know what, what uh, Dolchers can do. So you, you're going to have to make that a priority.
1: And and they're going to have uh, to for all the reasons that you just said. But in addition to that, outside of Alberto and Greg Dulcich, the other three tight ends are unrestricted free agents. And so, I don't
2: expect any of them to be back.
1: No. Uh, real quick to uh, finish this, uh, Jimmy Graham – In New Orleans, averaged 90 receptions, 1,100 yards, and 12 touchdowns per season. Why am I mentioning that? Because without Jimmy Graham and his average and his numbers, tight ends in a Sean Payton-led Saints offense averaged 41 receptions for about 470 yards and three touchdowns. So his big difference, it's really big difference. So historically, without Jimmy Graham at the peak of his powers, tight end is not a position that traditionally thrives in Sean Payton's offense. Obviously, that could change. We're just looking at the history.
2: Yeah. Look, if you got a really good player, you throw him the football. He's making plays for you. There you go. Okay. When you don't, you, you don't use him that much. I think that's probably universal around the NFL. That's kind of how those things work. Right. Russell's never been a huge tight end guy. His best year with the tight end was... Uh, Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. How about that? Yeah. Wow. So, you know, when you have a good one, Russell use him too. Right. But for the majority of it, he's not really a tight end guy. But we saw it last year with Dolchins. They had a good connection going there, and he trusted him, and hopefully Dolchins can be that type of guy.
1: Love it. Uh, We'll continue to track that in the movement around the tight end position this offseason. In the meantime, the Avs are looking to extend their winning streak to seven tonight. We'll check in with our guy, Troy Rank, about that. And more coming up next. <laughs> I, 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 I,
0: I. It's Stokely and Zach on Denver Sports Station, one oh
1: four three. The man, Colorado Avalanche. Looking to extend their winning streak to seven games. And that begins uh, or continues tonight at home against the New Jersey Devils. Uh, who are a very good uh, just team in general, but a very good road team as well. So keep that in mind tonight at Ball Arena at 7 o'clock when the puck drops. Uh, Troy Rank, our dude who we love checking in with from Denver 7, presented by Rocks Heating and Air. It's ROX, Rocks Heating and Air. Troy, uh, your snapshot take of the Colorado Avalanche uh, as they've turned the corner here. Well, they're
3: explosive offensively. They're getting healthy and Ken is playing great. You got to see you know, can the goalie do it when it matters most. But, you know, they're picking a great time to get high. What would it be like? You know, 13 2 and 2 in their last 17, I think it is. I mean, they played really well for going on a month. So I'm encouraged. And they're getting healthier. And hopefully they get Landis Cog back. So great time to be playing some of their best hockey.
2: Troy, uh, looking at this roster and where the Broncos are drafted in the third round, obviously quarterback could be in play here maybe at some point in this draft. Um, what what do you think about the Broncos, the possibility of them drafting a quarterback this year?
3: Yeah, I don't see it this year, Stoke. I see maybe bringing in a, a veteran backup. You know, we'll see what happens with Jameis Winston or Baker Mayfield, Jacoby Brissett, somebody like that, that if Russell's play were to fall off or he just, you know, isn't figuring it out, they would have an option to go to to try to save the season. You know, I I just, I see that this year, maybe as a bridge to get through. And if Russell doesn't play well, this is a one-year proposition as far as I'm concerned for Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. Can Russell show up, play well, Show he still kind of can be the guy And if not, they move on from uh, drafted for them. I I see it more like next year if Russell doesn't figure it
1: out. Troy, uh, speaking of of Sean Payton, he spoke extensively from the Combine yesterday with George Payton. They covered a lot of ground. What were uh, your biggest takeaways?
3: Sean Payton's in charge. he had never spoken to the Combine. He showed up nine minutes early, and he talked for 24 minutes. At one point, an NFL... Spokesman said, "Okay, two more questions." And he turned and said, "I'll decide when I'm done. Is that okay?" (laughs) It was so great. I mean, that's Sean Payton. I mean, he is again. I I covered Mike Shanahan. He's got a lot of that intensity about him. Yeah, he's you know for a guy who doesn't like dealing with the media or doesn't have that reputation. He's been very great uh, with us early I and mean, forthcoming. I, during the season, everything always changes. In but what I took away from it is he didn't give Russell Wilson his flowers. I asked him about it. Hey, you met with Russell. You had dinner. And what was that like? He was like, well, I was more interested in talking to Joe Montana. Russell is more interested in talking about the season. We can get to that later. He's going to coach Russell Wilson hard. And Russell Wilson, when I talk to sources, he wants that. And we'll find out if he does because there's going to be no tailoring of anything to Russell in terms of the building, the people, all that. It's like, and you, Brandon, you were talking about earlier, he's going to have to show up and play football, and he's going to have to fit. It's less about Russ, more about us, and I think Russ will embrace that. He's at a crossroads in his career, so I took that away. They need offensive line help. Uh, that is clear, they're going to have to draft a tackle this year. They haven't drafted a tackle, offensive tackle, since 2017. Uh, that's one of the takeaways. They're optimistic about Tim Patrick's health and Bowles' health. Devontae Williams, they're just not sure yet. You know, they want to believe he'll be ready, but I'm sure they're going to have a plan B there to cover themselves if he's not ready till you know October in full strength. Troy, are you in an
2: arcade? I am not. I don't oh, okay. know why. Okay, I, okay, I, like, I didn't know if there was an arcade around here. Uh, hey, so what, what, what do you think about this coaching staff? It's finally come together, and it's uh, you know it's got got a lot of experience. Vance is coming back. You got um, I don't know the the, the the quarterback coach is like nineteen years Davis, old. Uh, Davis Webb. Davis Webb. I, and so you got some youth there. What do you make of this coaching staff?
3: Yeah, listen, I think it's a nice combination of veteran guys and young guys They can groom to be part of the staff for multiple years. That's part of the advantage of bringing in young guys is they're not going to leave right away. Uh, you bring in Westhoff, uh, who's a brilliant special teams coach. Vance Joseph has plenty of experience both as a head coach and as a defensive coordinator. And I think Matt Patricia is going to land on the staff somewhere too. It should be a good balance of veteran coaches, and young guys who you can groom and stay with you for a number of years, and also the type of coaches who understand Sean Payton. They know what they've signed up for. So many of these guys have connections to him, either as a former player he coached or someone on one of his previous staffs. And I I believe that will microwave the transition and also will be less jarring for the staff that, hey, this is who it is. This is who Sean Payton is. There's no surprises here. He's going to put in the hours going to call late night meetings everything's going to matter so don't show up saying why are we doing this everything has a purpose like a shark no wasted movement so we'll see i'm encouraged i'm encouraged but again it's february or i guess
1: it's march now it is march now troy uh we love checking in with you thank you for your time we'll do this again next week all right um some of the uh, technical uh issues there apologize for that all good Okay. We've had
2: it all, I was hoping he'd be like, yeah, I'm in the arcade. I'm playing Centipede right now, or yeah.
1: Fogger or something. Like, you're like, perfect.
2: Add that to the Chick fil A order, add that to Cliss you know, being on the golf course or taking a hike. Like, it would have been perfect for our show. Unfortunately, he wasn't at the arcade.
1: Uh, I, I was in an arcade this past week. Uh, it's an offshoot from the bowling alley. And what do you mean? It's an offshoot from the bowling alley. Like there's alley. a bowling alley over yeah, there. Huge no, okay. Yeah. huge arcade over there. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Perfect. Didn't see Frogger. No? Didn't see Frogger. They got a cool place right up the road off Arapahoe, 1-Up. Uh, and they got all oh, yeah. the old school oh, yeah. games
1: in there. Um, there's you know, a Donkey Kong. There's three and, of them. Because there's one in, in, in downtown, too. Yeah, yeah. And they serve beer. It's like you get to like hang out, have a beer, play all the old school, like yes. Simpsons pinball. And right. ton of pinball. Yeah, p- cool place. So, WrestleFest but, and... All this stuff. I Mortal Kombat. Uh,
2: Paperboy. I used to be so good at Paperboy. I got on that thing. I'm like, here we go. And I'm like, I uh, just like I couldn't stay on the like Joe Biden, I couldn't stay on the bike. Oh my god, oh my. I just <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm like, damn, I stink now. You are- could not stay up, no. Goodness gracious. <laughs> uh Did you see did you see what our last segment was today? <laughs> no, I didn't.
2: But there was a rumor going around. Around the studio. Get yourself
1: together oh. here. It's <laughs> the last segment, man. It's going to be tough. We're playing trivia coming up next. Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan presents Stokely and Zach. How is she liking that? Locked out in
0: Colorado. How is she wearing red? Round all the Denver Broncos. How is she making friends?
1: Making red? I gotta know. All right, How so she- we're Going to do a little bit of uh, an audible here because we have been Cole do- Swindell.
2: Is this? Okay. Mm-hmm. I know we've mm-hmm. done this one a
1: few times, but I forget mm-hmm. who it is.
2: We like that song. That
1: was, love that right, song. Right
2: around all the Denver Broncos. That's cool.
1: Love that song. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're going to do a little bit of an audible. We've been doing this on Fridays, but we're not going to be doing a show together on Friday, so we're doing it today and we're doing it right now. Okay, put your thinking cap on. Gee, it's late in the show for the thinking cap. It's trivia time. Boys ready back there? Okay. The NFL draft is upon us. So I got some draft related questions for you. What football program since 2010 has produced three Number 1 NFL draft picks. Football program since 2010. What school since 2010 has produced three different number 1 overall NFL draft picks? Wow. I feel like I should know this. I'm trying to go through the number
2: 1 picks obviously. And I'm thinking, okay, is it Georgia? Is it Alabama? Like Alabama hasn't had a bunch of number 1 picks. Number one overall picks. Number one overall. Um, oh, think of quarterbacks. You know where 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 are the quarterbacks coming from? Where's QBU? Mm. <sighs> I'm a little bit stumped on this one. You want to talk through it? Well, I I mean, I I, I tried to talk through it. And
1: try to think while I'm. Well, you're talking on. I it. mean, you're, you're, I'll, I'll give you a hint. Like, you're you're on it when you think of quarterbacks. Yeah. And what school since 2010 has produced three number one NFL draft picks? 2010. I'm trying to think of who, like, in that. Okay.
2: USC. I don't like to hear that, Kisner, by the way. Has I, I USC I was getting, had one? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I, I knew I was getting it wrong. I panicked. I don't think so. I panicked. And, and I don't need the eh-eh. Uh, uh.
1: Just don't. I don't need that. you gotta put that on the <laughs> iPad just for when he's talking. Not even trivia. Ah, <sighs>
2: shh. ready?
1: Yeah, I guess they're wrong. Yeah, I'm ready. Unless you want to just hear dead air. <laughs> The school since 2010 that has produced three number one draft picks in the NFL draft? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Kistner got it? Who did you, who was your guys' guess? Who, who cares? cares? Well, now you got to give me the quarterbacks. <laughs> You've got, you got Tyler, you got Baker. Yep. In consecutive um, years, how about that? That's impressive. It's insane. Uh, I don't know the other one. Sam, I don't care. Sam, look at you, Sam. But oh, I don't even care oh, now. I don't care. I don't. No, I don't, I don't care about this one. I missed it. I'm ready Sam, to move on. Sam uh, Bradford. Okay. When was Sam Bradford? Was that that was 2010? Okay. All right. Question number two. What school? In
2: 2005. Probably should have known that one a little bit better. But I start panicking, like, and I start thinking down south, like Alabama and those schools. I totally just, you know, you get like blocked, and then I panic, and so I just want it over with. All good. Embarrassment
1: to move on. All good. Okay, thank you. Question number two. What school in 2005 produced the number one pick in the NFL draft and the number one pick in the NBA draft? What school in 2005 produced Number one pick in the NFL draft, number one pick in the NBA draft. That's pretty cool. It's insane is what it is. That is that is really cool. Think about basketball schools,
2: talented schools there. Um, 2005, huh? What school in 2005? See, I, could, I could just throw a bunch of football schools out there, but I'm trying to think like, okay, well, you got to – have a good basketball player That was um, I have no clue who was drafted number one
1: overall In basketball In 2005 And the same school did it Number one pick in the NFL draft Number one pick in the NBA draft um,
2: LSU Good guess I don't know why
1: Fellas we're going with Utah. 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 Alex Smith and Andrew Bogan. Andrew Bogan? Would have never guessed he was the number one pick. Wow. Utah. How cool is that? And if you're Utah, it's one thing if you're, you know, right. uh, you said LSU. That's a good one. Utah. Utah. Wow. Pretty cool. No, so, that is really cool.
2: I mean, you think about how hard that is. That's a good trivia question there. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Question number three. The last time Ohio State produced the number one pick in the NFL draft was in 1997. Who was picked number one out of Ohio State in 1997?
2: Orlando Pace? All right. Bingo. I got him on the board. You're on the board. Yeah, pressure's Don't shut on. Out of here. And that's when you're losing like you know forty five nothing is like let's just kick the damn field goal <laughs> right. get on the board get on the board there right. we go there we go no right. shutout here you know I can get that over on us love
1: it question number four what former number one overall pick in the NBA draft from the last twenty years. Went on to be the youngest MVP ever, winning the award at just 22 years old. Let me read it again. What former number one overall pick in the NBA draft from the last 20 years went on to be the youngest NBA MVP ever, winning the award at just 22 years old? Wow.
2: Former number one overall. I mean, we've talked a lot about these MVPs. Mm-hmm. Lately. I mean, Jokic is about to win his third one, so we've talked a lot about them. This is in the past 20 years. 22. That's impressive. Yeah. That is impressive. And he was the number one overall pick. Yep. Um, LeBron James. Just, I got to, I mean, I, I, he might have been
1: longer than 20 years ago. Right? He was drafted in 2003, so he falls just in there. But it's not the correct answer. Okay. And I figured like, he came out of high school, so maybe, you know, you got yep. four years before. Yep. This player was a one-and-done for a Hall of Fame college coach. He's no longer at that program anymore. And he got drafted by the city that he came from.
2: Because <sighs> uh, I was about to say Kyrie. Um, that would be a good know, guess. he was probably one and done at Duke. He was. Um. Uh-oh. LeBron was drafted by the city. Let I me mean, see, I would have said LeBron yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Who is it? Derek Rose. Oh, that's right. That's a good one. Memphis. Yes. For Coach Cal Parry, wow. He's now at Kentucky. If you have about five to ten minutes to kill, go to YouTube and type in Derek Rose High School Highlights. I've never seen anything like it, ever. Question number five. Only one time in NBA history did the NBA Finals MVP come from the losing team. Who was it? Only one time in NBA history Um, did the NBA Finals MVP come from the losing team in in a Game 7 loss. Wow. 42 points, 13 rebounds, 12 assists in a game seven loss. I'll give you the year, too. Jerry West.
2: Oh, Jerry West. oh. oh. I, I just, I was thinking old school. He came to mind. No clue that that, I think you have mentioned that though before. Yeah, um, over the years, maybe once yes. or twice. But I had no clue. That was just a total random, like half court shot that
1: went in. Pretty good, dude. Yeah, yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, All right, that's it. Like I got early, two. Early I got trivia. Two. Yeah, that was good trivia. Yeah. That was fun. Good Thanks, job, man. Zach.
2: You always seem to do really good. want to give you credit on that. Uh, really you. good trivia. Always well um, thought of questions. Not too, too difficult, uh, but still gets you thinking. So Trust. nice job
1: on the uh, trivia.
2: Thanks, man. That was man. fun.
1: Uh, as we shift gears here on the way out, uh, Jalen Carter, man, what a sad story uh, that this has developed into. Uh, Jalen Carter, you know, I open up ESPN, I'm doing the show, and he's got his face plastered on the front of ESPN.com with a breaking news report. This guy um, may have not have gone number one, but we don't know that yet. Could have gone number one. Still may go number one. He was involved in that, in that death, in that fatal crash, uh, the night after celebrating the national championship. They did like a big parade and whatnot, um, and uh, a recruiting leader, uh, and a teammate lost their life in a car accident and the story was it was sad at the time it was like wow this really just happened on the heels of this incredible celebration and then come to find out it's the top prospect from Georgia um he's going to be a top 5 pick they were it sounds like and I'm maybe I don't think I'm jumping to too much of a conclusion like they were just recklessly driving and probably racing yeah according to uh, what it sounds a lot like. of witnesses what it seems like Racing,
2: um and, and going way too too fast, um, unfortunately, and he was in a different car than them and he's being charged, um, in this there's a rest warrant out for him, yeah. I believe. And yep. so he's gonna turn himself in, it sounds like, and um you know, we'll we'll see how it goes from there. But that's it's yeah, it's it's just a it was a sad story, and now it's it's just you know bad story, not yeah, a good story, at not all. a good
1: story. You you can't you cannot ever ever, and I see people doing it sometimes, like even on like I twenty five, and there'll be two cars, oh yeah, and they're just racing each other. I'm like, right. you, you going in and out of traffic, yeah, too. yeah. You just can't. Do it! I can't believe I have to say that. And young people are going to be young people, and you know they're you just make decisions. And I know I made decisions that I, that I regret looking back. But that you just can't do that. You cannot do that. Don't do that. KKFN and
2: KKFN HD one, Longmont, Denver. You can do that though. Don't race, <laughs> but you can do that. <laughs>
1: oh my goodness! Uh, how and about I was on sides today? How, you were on sides. How about um, uh, Brendan Rogers? Oh, I saw who that. Who came into his own last year? Historically slow start to a season like that we've never seen. It was like right. twenty games in. He was batting like zero eight four. We haven't seen this bad of a batting average
2: since nineteen twenty two. When yeah, like that's where he was. That's how yes. bad it was. And he went on to have a great season. And he was so much fun to watch. And I couldn't wait to watch him this year. And yeah, you know, we still probably will hopefully,
1: but. Dislocated his shoulder yesterday.
2: They had to pop his shoulder back in.
1: Yep, diving for a loose ball in an exhibition game. So you what, you're, do we
2: know throwing shoulder or non throwing shoulder? I don't know that's that. That's obviously
1: a big deal. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. Brendan Rodgers. I don't know that, uh, but he's actually one of their guys. Like they don't have many guys. Right. He's actually one of them. Dislocated shoulder. That happened to Jonathan Daza uh, a year ago. He missed about a month. Uh, but these cases are also different. So. They are.
2: You know, I dislocated my right shoulder three times before I had surgery. I dislocated my left shoulder. One time, never had to have surgery, but uh, so uh, they're all different. And are they going to get to sixty-seven wins now? Hey, guess what? Yeah. What's the number? Under. Going under now. <laughs> What's the number? No, sixty-six. That's. A oh, I was just joking. I can get behind. Yes, yes. the yes. number is is right. sixty-six. It, 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 it. We, we decided during the show because because oh, that's God. what I said Whoa. to Zach. I said, "Dude, like that's their best player. Like <laughs> we're gonna we're really talking. go over and just be miserable all
1: year when they're just playing long." I said, "No, nope, you know what we did. Brendan Rodgers is their best player." I mean, he might be. Yeah, I mean, hey. yeah.
2: yeah, he had a great year last year after a terrible start. He did actually. He did great yeah. year. You're right. You're right. Didn't
1: Chris Bryant hit a solo homer and he did. did. You got yeah.
2: Ryan McMahon. You got Ezekiel Tovar. You Ryan got- McMahon had a bad year last year. As a bad, he had a bad year at third base, and he had a bad year at the plate. He was he he had a tough year. Michael um, is coming out at first base. He's going to hit with power. Yeah. Charlie Blackman, our Who? our best guy. Michael who? Michael Goglia Goglia. Goglia. I think I think we're going under as a show, um, though, this year. Yeah. We said we weren't going to do that, but, you, you know, sometimes tough, tough decisions need to be made, and um,
1: that's what I think you we're going to do. You got them circling 100 losses then, or close to it. Oh, yeah. It, it, I think they'll be flirting with it. I don't think they've ever done that. No, no they, they haven't. Have, they, have yeah. <laughs> they have not. They have not. Uh, but this is the we'll year. We still have the time to time talk everything. it out. Yes. We still have time Damn, to talk about it. that is so
2: bad, man. And here's, and here's the thing. Is, like, is,
1: their pitching rotation was, you know, a couple years ago, you looked at it, it's like, man, this could be a really solid rotation. They're not. And Herman uh, Marquez, I think, has been dealing with a hamstring. So it's like, ah, you know. <laughs> hey, I'm not, I hey, am not hey, going hey. to watch them and hate watch them because I have the over, I will hate watching them. Yes, because I have the under. Hey, bro, yeah. and, okay. and uh, well,
2: watching them, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Who's going to be able to watch them? Yeah, I'll hate, that's I'll going hate, down yeah. the tubes too. Yeah,
1: I'll hate box score watching. That's all yeah. yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's that that's going to be a shame. Who, I, who I is going to run to the rescue to put the Rockies on TV? I think the Rockies are literally just going to go the way of the dinosaur. Uh, no, no pun intended to, to Dinger, but it's like like total total like like danger like the, no so, little shot, no like total blind spot of the yeah. consciousness of Colorado. So sports it's just going to be on streaming. already in my blind spot.
3: Just, so. There's Kendrick Perkins. He's yeah. having a
2: fun day. It's just going to be on streaming then, right? Is that what happens yeah. to, to the Rockies? You just go on if, the streaming service. I mean, where, if hey, if that was the case, I'd be all for it. with all baseball, I I, I would love. Uh, there's Derek. Steve Wolf! Steve
1: Wolf. Here but not here. Even when he's here, he's not here. Do we have a like do we do like a hologram Yes. 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 We yes.
2: We need yes. one of those poster board things yes. that we used to have of uh whoever, Mark or something that they would put when he wasn't here.
1: Oh my gosh! Yes, we need the FaceTime. hologram. Right. Yes, uh, warn you guys that I was I was on. Well, we weren't sure. I mean, oh. <laughs> you you are. Uh, is, is this the Rogan deal, Wolfie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be. Have sick. you done it yet? When do you do it? Tomorrow, tomorrow. Tonight, so you're doing. Item going to his uh, his stand. He's got a stand up show tonight. Oh, nice. So yet. you're doing his podcast tomorrow. Okay, and and when do you know when we can hear it? I mean, because obviously no it's idea, not live. Yeah. Um, okay, awesome. That hey, should be uh, fun, man. Enjoy it.